Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with March 28th and April 28th, 1919, Part 12, pages 259 through 261. April 28th, 1919, Part 12. Mr. Umiestowski invited me to participate in the farewell ceremony for Piłsudski. I consented. At four in the afternoon, I went to the affair with Monsignor Mikulkevich. It turned out that I had not been told the whole truth. This was a ceremony presenting Piłsudski with the keys of the city. The hall was beautifully decorated. Father Lubianiec's organizations were there and had taken care of the decorations. Many people participated. At 5.30, Piłsudski arrived with his retinue. A representative of the citizens read a speech. I thought that there would be no more speeches, and consequently it seemed appropriate for me to say a few words. I said that the church had been harassed, but now can breathe freely. For this, I thanked the victor. I expressed confidence that the church will now work and grow without constraint. I tried to speak in a purely pastoral spirit. After drinking a glass of tea, we left. The other guests stayed on. In the evening, Mr. Osumowski called with his deputy, Władysław Retskiewicz, before they left for Warsaw. He said that it had not been possible to come to an agreement with the Lithuanians. I answered, it is understandable that the local people were unwilling to negotiate. You should have talked to the people in Kaunas. He asked that I not allow the priests to reclaim the churches taken over by the Orthodox just yet because it antagonizes them. I replied that I had never permitted any churches built by the Russians or the Uniates to be taken over. However, in the case of churches built by Catholics and turned over to the Orthodox, I had advised the priests to reclaim them wherever possible because they were Catholic property. When the Orthodox fled from the city, those churches often remained empty. Father Senkevich, the former pastor of St. James Church and now serving as an army chaplain, had told me that they had some plan to stop the Orthodox, fearing that they would retake the churches. I said that we would that they would not dare take those churches already occupied and used by Catholics. Otherwise, there could be riots. He Osmowowski also complained that the Endek priests are obstructing his work with their political activities. The Jewish rabbi Rubinstein and Dr. Shabbat came to see me, apparently the two Jews for whom I had interceded, Jofe and Niger, had not been released, uh, Niger, although General Schmigli Ritz had assured me that they were free. The two Jews were taken to Lida. Once again, the Jewish leaders asked me to intercede for the Jews and to calm the people. They told me how the Jews were being mistreated at the hands of the legionnaires. A great many completely innocent people are being arrested and harassed. Those two Jews had been arrested because they were in the crowd which I had observed while standing at the window. I had in fact seen that crowd of Jewish people and how abominably they were treated. 
Having arrested them, they dragged them along the streets, pushing them around, and then herded them to prison. In some places, they shot completely innocent people. They burned the beards of some of the Jews, even the rabbi of Lentvaris, a 70-year-old man. He covered his face with his hand, so they hit him on, on the hand, and now it is swollen. The Jewish leaders also complained about the house searches. They take whatever they want, money, valuables. The soldiers themselves create provocations. They throw bombs and start shooting. Then they arrest innocent people and demand ransom. After I heard all this, I promised to speak up for them wherever I could and, in fact, did so. I have heard the same complaints from the Lithuanians. They have searched the houses of many Lithuanians three or four times, confiscated their money, and stolen their things. Lithuanians are being watched and turned in to the authorities. Various false rumors have been passed around about the Lithuanians. On April 27th, I ordained several deacons. Monsignor Vovodsko celebrated Mass for the legionnaires at the Gate of Dawn Chapel. On this occasion, there was a Polish nationalist demonstration. Before leaving, Piłsudski sent his adjutant to bid me farewell. During these past few days, with the arrival of the Polish legionnaires, the appearance of the city has become almost purely Polish. The Jews are hiding in their homes, and only a few dare to leave their houses. The Lithuanians, dejected and depressed, are also staying out of sight. The legionnaires have armed the men and even the youths. All the Poles have decorated themselves with little eagle pins and ribbons in the national colors. The whole city was supposed to be locked, decked out in the national colors. In this next section, Blessed George writes of being invited to participate in a farewell ceremony for Marshal Pilsudski. Uh, he was not informed, however, that Pilsudski would receive the keys to the city and that the ceremony was more political in nature than George had realized. Blessed George also writes of a controversy regarding reclaiming Catholic churches from the Orthodox now that the Bolsheviks have left. He also discovers that two Jewish activists had not been freed despite assurances. He writes of the cruel way that the Polish legionnaires are treating people in the city. He writes of ordaining some deacons toward the end of April. Finally, he writes of the change in atmosphere in the city with the changing of the guard. The Jews and the Lithuanians are depressed and hiding, while the Poles are proudly displaying their signs of patriotism. It has become a Polish city in appearance. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.